down in Petersburg, everything's fine. All lamb cats is drinking that wine, drinking that mess is their delight. When you get the wrong, start singing all night, drinking wine's for the you to drink wine. Wine's for the you to drink wine. Wine's for the you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Drinking that mess is their delight. When it gets a rump, start fighting all night. Knock down windows and tan down door. Drinking half gowns and calling for more. Drinking wine, for the yodi, drink wine. Wine, for the yodi, drink wine. Wine, for the yodi, drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Drinking. Welcome man. to Tasting Anarchy. As always, I'm Jacob Lindsay, and I'm joined by Mason Joseph. Yeah, and we are here to have a, rou- a rousing Christmas Eve episode of wine and anarchy and whatever other topics kind of come to mind. Yeah, after uh, two weeks of not being able to record due yeah. to just life circumstances. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of it work. I mean, I think yeah. you and I pr- probably both put in 70 plus hours last week. No, uh, I, I didn't put in that many, but... Okay. Um, I could have. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, I, 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 I got I got pretty close to seventy and yeah. I think I was at like sixty eight or sixty seven or something like that. And uh so we have a, a well deserved two days off since we had to go on Saturday. Yep. And uh then do it all over again in a condensed time frame for um yes. next week because it's because our industry has a terrible year end. Yes. <laughs> uh but that's something that will keep out of mind when we're talking about Yeah. This delicious wine that I picked out. Well, hopefully it's delicious. It's uh, an Argentinian wine from Mendoza or the Mendoza area, which is a city there. I, I don't know where exactly in Argentina it is, but yeah, Argentina is pretty big and kind of long. It, so yeah, it's, it's long. Yeah. It, it used to be the United States' main competitor uh, on this in these continents. Like mm-hmm. we were, we us in Argentina were were fighting or were basically trying to fight each other to become industrial powerhouses and then mm-hmm. the united states sent like basically agents down there to make them become socialist huh and like collapse their economy and they've never they've never recovered like, oh. from it because they so, were like the up-and-comers so to 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 that i thought you were going to say they used to be our competition in like kind of the new world for wine production you know like the united states oh, has, right, a rise, right. has a pretty high wine profile now but like chile and yeah. argentina so i thought that's where that was gonna go but no yeah. it's even more interesting yeah, yeah. it's um, yeah they used that was yeah. like the so do, do you pe- think people they, were immigrating either to the united states or argentina for a long time yeah from so, europe so we've got a we've got quite a few topics to talk yeah. not only this wine but uh so in the libertarian circles yeah uh 40 percent something millennials blah 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 favor socialism oh right you think argentina 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 is finally striking back at us <laughs> like they've could, yeah, that, that, yeah that could be uh <laughs> all their academics have right. come here and been like ah oh, we will finally get our revenge well, apparently like south america a lot of those places are have, have had enough of it yeah. like and they're just like yeah we, we don't want to do this anymore this is the the uh mas mises uh i don't know what the spanish word is for less but less marks so it's more Mises, less marks. And uh, that's their that's their big uh, chant that they've been like taking to the streets oh, in, in various places. That's a pretty pretty yeah. intense chant. Now, yeah. just, yeah. now um, uh, I guess it wouldn't rhyme as much, but like you get Rothbard in there. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's it I, I guess there's but... there's a re- there's the the libertarian movement in Brazil is apparently like really big and up and coming, especially since they've had these the last two or three people have been like. Uh, just, kicked out of office on corruption. Yeah, but and, like, uh, and that's so weird because like 
if you look at some of the charges, yeah. it's they're baloney charges, right? But they were corrupt people. It's like they yeah. couldn't bring the real charges because no one else would manage to make it. But like, yeah. I think it was something like forty percent of the Brazilian version of the Congress, yeah. and I don't know if it's specifically their Senate, if they have a two bicameral house. Um, sort of thing. It was like something like 40% were under active investigation oh, yeah. for corruption. Not like accused, right. actively yeah. being investigated. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, what was it, like uh, 17 cases, $30 million yeah. for the U.S. Congress sexual harassment thing. <laughs> like, right. And what, all these other things they, they can't get investigated right. for, supposedly. I, like, I, I would love it if there was like a, a leaker or something like that, that like that this these files got opened. And I think actually uh, Tom Woods and uh, Michael Malice were talking about yeah. this in their year end episode. Where yeah, they, be like, wouldn't it be amazing it's, it's if happen. 30% of Congress had to resign? And now, they're, granted, a lot of them, I think their hubris is too too well, great to allow them to resign. But well, to, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't disagree with the concept. Yeah. But my concern is when you have a, fl- a, a collapse like that. Yeah. Like what is, fills it? Yeah. What fills it? Yeah. And how is it cheated? Because right. when you look at like a singular, like the Roy Moore election, mm-hmm. everybody terrible all around. Right. But like it took that long for this stuff to come out and mm-hmm. like just the timing of it, it. It's clear that these people knew about it. Like they could have buried him long ago. Yeah. And well, and even like, and I would say like the, the Roy Moore thing, like hitting on a 13 year old is one thing like it's not great but at the same time like some 13 year olds don't look 13 but i don't know i don't know this girl the the thing that like gets me more about roy Moore, which makes him a less acceptable candidate is when he's like well homosexuality homosexuality should be illegal yeah and it's not like he said this like 30 years ago when he was he said it during girls. The, campaign, yeah. the campaign to like distract right like- so it's like Wait, do you really believe that? And I think he does. And he he rode to the uh, voting booth in a ho- on a horse. This is weird. But that's <laughs> like, cool. Dude. It's interesting, but it's at the same time, it's just like, this is very strange. But, th- but that's the thing. So, like, as we've talked about on this show and yeah. provided we release these in orders, like, yeah. we're against the roads. Right. So, in Alabama, horse travel might be the real yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. So, like, to me, <laughs> that's cool. Like, you know, yeah, if, he, if like, he lives in a place where, like, he can ride his horse, you know, and comfortably, yeah. and it, it's he's not causing a public nuisance by, like, riding really slowly yeah. in the middle of, like, a freeway or something like that, like yeah. Black Lives Matter protesters, you know, being yeah. in the way. One of them got so, hit. It wasn't Black Lives Matter. It was a communist pr- protesting March for Jesus in Oregon. Got okay. hit by a car. And Michael Malice, he posted something to the effect of, I guess we all get a Christmas gift this year. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I, most things Michael Malice yeah. to me seem like a gift. <laughs> like yeah. he says, it's like, oh, it's a gift. <laughs> right. Yay. All right. Well, so, let, let me get back yeah, to this yeah, one, though, so that point. we can stay on, on topic a little bit. But and this is. Uh-huh. Spoiler alert. I've had a couple sips while we're talking. Pretty good. Pretty good? Okay. Yeah. Well, this is, I think, the first Malbec that we've done. First full Malbec. Okay. I think, I I think there was one so, that I think was... there was a blend in yeah. one of the earlier yeah. episodes. Also, our first wine from South America. Okay. All right. So I, do, I don't. I did not recall that, but I will take your word on it. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's yeah. like none of the wines. I none of the wines I've done are for were outside of the U. If they uh, were out of the U.S., they were in um, Germany or France. Okay. And you've only done French and American, as far as I remember. I think so. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
at this point for South America. All right. Well, there we go. For South America, it's uh, it's Luigi Bosca or Bosca. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. Um, like I said earlier, it's from Mendoza, Argentina, or the M- Mendoza region. That's a, it's a city, so I don't believe that they're you know growing grapes in the city. They might be. I mean, you know, the winery be, might be in the that'd city. That'd be kind of cool. If yeah, they were, be, like, that'd be interesting. Yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that would be. Uh, it's a Malbec. It's 14% alcohol. Now I'm going to read. Now that Mason's actually tried it, I'm going to go ahead and read the description that the, and they actually had a really cool website yeah that um, as we've mentioned before on the show like a lot of the wine wineries have really kind of hard websites to follow yeah or look at um so mendoza appears to be in northern argentina i mean argentina is very large so it's yeah. kind of hard to and say it's, and it's very long yeah and it's very long um but so if you're looking at the map of South America, like Santiago, Chile, mm-hmm. capital of Chile is, it looks like a few hours away. Okay. Like not very far, but it also looks like it's on the other side of some, a mountain range. Yeah, right. So that could be very, very long travel time yeah. given the roads in okay. there. Also, I think Chile and Argentina don't necessarily have like great relationships. So it might oh, be yeah. kind of hard to get in between the two. Well, I'm sure that during the time when Chile had like a like a weird semi-capitalist dictatorship uh <laughs> they, they probably were not friends so, yeah so um, although that's one of the reasons why chile is in a lot better circumstance yeah. than the rest of south america according to our favorite google maps it's uh four basically five hours 363 kilometers okay so, all right well there we go yeah. so let me read you the description they've got on the site and then we'll go over their cool charts that yeah. they had on the site so uh the site says a deep purple red wine with well integrated nose reminiscent of dark fruits blackberries currants and ripe plums mixed with classic or mixed with cassis i'm not sure what that is and coffee notes cassis c a s s i s cassis 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 yeah. I don't know what that is maybe that yeah. the site is not in english so this is a translation so it, it just could be a Fumble or it could just be do. something that I don't know what is because yeah. I'm not I don't have that refined of a palate. <laughs> uh, Cassis fruit. Okay, all right, it's a fruit um, and coffee notes. So this wine slowly opens up and gains complexity, fruity and spicy on the palate with a very good structure and body. Firm, ripe, uh, firm ripe tannins intensify its unique character, while its richness delivers a round and silky texture this wine will develop nicely in the bottle and this is a 2014 mm-hmm. so i guess it's been developing in the bottle since then yeah um so cassis is like black uh, black currants okay so is what it was described as on uh, some google there and it does feel it does feel kind of silky it is very tannic and yeah. it's uh but like, it does have a full body it's it's yeah. heavy it, but that's really odd to me to have something that's silky mm-hmm. and so tannic. Yeah, because Cause it's because it's, it's going sharp. down. It's yeah, exactly going down. It's like it's yeah, silky is the only way I can do it. Yeah. But then then you get the the smacking noise yeah, like the the, 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 tannic, the tannic. Yeah, yeah. so fourteen percent alcohol by volume mm-hmm. according to the the bottle. Yeah. Um, like. You know, I hate that description. It tastes like red wine to me, but like it yeah. tastes like this is the one of the first Malbec or the first reds that we've mm-hmm. done where I thought, you know, I'd probably if I was in the mood for red. Yeah. And I was looking. I mean, what's the price point? This is $30, actually. So this is a little bit more yeah. than we normally buy. But again, Lidl to the rescue. Uh, it was the I don't know what the theme was, but they had the theme this time that um so they've got this one wall of wine, mm-hmm. and that's like their normal wine. Then they have like a a, a large end cap display, uh-huh. 
that has their theme wines. Okay. And their themes wines usually are, if you buy three, you get 20% off. Okay. So pretty good deal. Um, and uh, so I bought this and then two cheap ones. Um, and the actually, the cheap one I had was not bad. And I, I'm going to write a v- review for it on the site once I get the site up uh, someday, possibly when we are working fewer hours. But um, I have an idea about that. We'll discuss in a little bit. Okay. All right. Um, and but it, it was a good it was pretty inexpensive. Now, Lidl does get slightly different variants of the wine. Mm-hmm. And And I can't tell exactly what the difference is, but it is not exactly the same as the 2014 that they release elsewhere. And I've seen this particular one because we happen to be at... uh at a place that had a very large wine selection, and for some reason, I just happened to see this one because I recognized the bottle. And the bottle's not particularly unique; I just recognized it. Mm-hmm. But um, and it was slightly different. the The label was a, a lighter color red, um, and the bottle was not this color green. Mm-hmm. So, the, what the difference is, I don't know. But I, I have noticed that a lot of the Lidl wines are slightly different. So it may be like they're they're something that was not quite up to the quality of the other ones, or maybe something that like they ran out of the normal bottles well it also and... it also could be a, a well because bottling like my understanding with wine mm-hmm. is well what i'm not sure is when they bottle the wine right so it could be that Lidl buys a certain run of production from okay. the company so it could be that they place an order before like you know they reach out to the winemaker and go like hey we're moving mm-hmm. to the u.s market we really want to feature you guys you know we would like featuring yeah. you in our european stores so then they purchase a special run, but they kind of want it like unique to them, kind of okay. for having that product. But um, yeah, and this is one of those things that we've discussed before, mm-hmm. and as we're, our palate is growing, when you told me this was thirty dollars a thirty dollar bottle, six dollars a glass, roughly yeah. at five five a glass, I th- I thought cognitively that makes sense, right? That this seems like a thirty dollar bottle of wine. It it's. Like we said, it's very tannic, but it's mm-hmm. not jarring. You're not right. sitting there going like, "Oh man, like I just ate, like just took a bunch of lemon or something." Yeah, like it, it's it's smooth. It's got that silky yeah. flavor to it. Like this to me seems like a thirty dollar bottle of wine. Yeah, it's but it is, coming it's out very of a good. socialist, you know, a socialist crap hole. Yeah, but they're getting better. Well, so, I mean, yeah. that, it's like that quasi, one lady quasi still, socialist. Yeah, yeah. one lady's still kind of in power. So uh, I thought, what, uh, oh. uh I can't remember her name. I'm going to call her Avita, but that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but that, the only reason I know Avita because of that Madonna movie. Yeah, exactly. So. so like, but that's the thing. Like for this is a really good bottle of wine, yeah. at least so far. And this is one of the things that we, you and I have talked about before is like, does getting it out of their country, like how much is that price? Like if we yeah. go, if we went down there, went to the winery, yeah, we might not find this specific one because, it, you know, all the, the stuff we talked about with Lidl specifically, but would be, would be, would we be looking at at roughly the equivalent of a $30 bottle of wine or we'd right. be sitting there at like $15 and it's like their their actual $30 bottle of wine and we're just going like there's so much to it our mind right. is blown yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We, we don't we can't handle this right but that you know the same thing can be said about Virginia wine like, yep. it, it doesn't cost you know what costs much more somewhere else who knows right. so Speaking of that weirdness, Amazon mm-hmm. is apparently now delivering beer and wine in Virginia. Oh, they finally got the license. Okay. I don't know. Like, I just saw an article yeah. on Reddit about okay. it. But, like, so kind of the, that, like, what we talked about, possibly yeah. wine being harder to get because a lot of people weren't willing to ship. And mm-hmm. here's Amazon going, like, we're going big. And Virginia was one of those states, my understanding was one of the states that was impacted by that yeah. shipping thing was, like, Virginia has weird laws. Right. So. Well, I know that one of the things that I was reading in that article about the shipping laws was that... 
uh, Virginia's thing was that they didn't want you to be able to order wine shipped to you out of state. You, it had to be internal. So I wonder if Amazon, because when you, I've shopped for wine on Amazon just because I wanted to see how mm-hmm. the process worked. And it does tell you to select the state. And then based on the state that you're in, it gives you the list of wines. So it may be that now they're carrying more Virginia wines. And so they can internally switch, ship those wines. That'd be cool. Right. So it's, I'll have to try to look. Take a look. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah, we'll get back to that. Uh, we'll get, you know, to everybody who's listening and joins us every episode, as I'm sure you all do. Uh, we'll give you an update on that. <laughs> but back to the uh, Luigi Bosca. Their site is really neat, and it was, it's in Spanish, so I had to do the Google Translate thing. There might, they might have an English version of it. I just didn't see it. Um, but they had uh, – when you click on – they, they offer several varieties of wine, and um, when you click on the wine, it goes to a page that has some charts to, like, accentuate, like, what are the different parts of the wine. And, like, uh, so it's hard to describe this online, so if you guys want to just go check it out, we'll put a link to the show notes page just because I think it's a good idea for yeah. them to do this because, like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is kind of appealing. But, like, one is, like, a uh, a wheel graph that shows uh, each section of the wheel is larger depending on how much of that is featured in the wine. So, like, for this one in particular, like, fruits is very large and then yeah. spice is slightly smaller, but then other aromas is very small. And uh, then they have like a, a slide chart that is that shows like percentage. I get not really percentages, but it's like how much on the chart is it fruity over complex, and how much on the chart is it delicate over structured. And so it's a very interesting, just an interesting way to do it. Like honestly, most of the stuff that are, I, I know what fruity and spicy and those types of things yeah. are. I don't really know what these other things are, but it's neat that there's a chart for it. So, first question about this chart, because I haven't looked at it, even yeah. though you have it printed out. Yeah. Did Google translate the chart? Or, or yeah. Like... Yeah, it did everything. Huh. Yeah. Because so it must be an HTML5 chart. Cause, you know, it'd be uh, really funny if like you went to Google Translate and they just found the English link and they just oh, made that, it seem like be, they yeah. had done it. <laughs> that <laughs> would be. Like, the whole translate, like, when you read, like, you know, Spanish to English is not very difficult. Yeah. Like, there's it's a very common translation request for mm-hmm. Google. But like when you read the the description, it was very coherent. It wasn't there wasn't yeah, any wasn't like, like weird structure setups. And I know Spanish's structure is slightly different than English, yeah. so like sometimes that just happens when the sentences get too long or the subject is overly complex. It's like it's attributing parts of the description to yeah. like this word that isn't really necessarily for that word. Right. So, but yeah. So very good. good. Um, yeah. I guess when we finish the bottle and we'll we'll kind of circle back around like we always do and give our final thoughts on it because like, so far I'm enjoying it. I've had several sips and uh, yeah, I mean, it's got a it's very good, good burn. Like you yeah, can taste like it does have you know when you pull air across it, you do taste the effervescence mm-hmm. of the alcohol, but it's not overpowering. I mean, in fourteen percent, like usually, that's kind of strong when right. you do that. So, and, and sort of the, I guess, is sort of an anecdote. The other one of the other ones that I got from Lidl for the twenty percent off was actually a seven dollar bottle of wine. I, I usually, when I go to Lidl, I like I try to look for the bottom of the barrel, but not like the ones that are clearly like fermented grape juice. Yeah, <laughs> Lidl brand kind of thing, which they do have. And actually, and I've had it, and it's if you want to get drunk, it's fine, but. If you want to have like a decent tasting glass of wine at the end of the day to relax or whatever, eh, yeah. I wouldn't really recommend it. But uh, this, the one that I, and that's actually when we were first here, maybe that's the connection between these wines. Maybe they're all Spanish speaking countries. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> that'd be a weird connection. But the other one was from, not from Catalonia, but in the Catalan, sort of in that that area mm. of Spain. And uh, again, 
a seven dollar bottle of Spanish wine to me, it's like, well, you know, going back to the thing, if they're shipping it over here and all of the tariffs and the weird EU rules and all that sort of stuff, like, what? I, is this a two dollar bottle of wine in Spain? I don't know, but <laughs> seven nickels, <laughs> but not bad. I mean, it, it was now. Compared to this, though, it's very clear that that one is a $7 bottle of wine, and this is a $30 bottle of wine. There, yeah. There's a, and they're not the same variety. The, the other one was a cab, sort of. It was a, well, I, I it think, was a red blend, but it was, well, but I if think, you looked at the back, it was like 90% cab. Well, I think that's, I think that's the thing is like, that's part of what makes, it seemingly makes wine more expensive. And this is maybe something I just don't follow the concept of, mm-hmm. um, but we've kind of talked about it before. It seems like blends. Yeah are generally cheaper mm. until yeah, a certain until yeah. a certain point. Right. Like pure wine is a certain price. Yeah. But then like when you get over like they have like $50 blends. Right. And you're like, yeah. so did you take like the $30 regular bottle of wine? You know, like yeah, and then mix it with a twenty dollar bottle. No, no, no. It's like so. You, so what I mean is, like, by that is, you took the two thirty dollar quality wines, yeah. and blended those. Whereas you took the two ten dollar bottle, yeah. two ten dollars, and blended them to get the ten dollar bottle right. of wine. Like so, like you know, because obviously when you're growing grapes, like there are certain people who have better equipment, mm-hmm. you know, capital, all that, and they make better grapes. Right. And then they have better land, and they just better grapes. Right. So those grapes cost a certain amount. And then if you're doing blends, generally you're either contract buying the grapes from right. somebody who's producing them, or you're kind of like, ah, crap. Like I ran out. Jorge right. ran over, you know, half the trees because the tractor rolled down the hill because, you know, a lot yeah. of the wine is grown on yeah, hills. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, this, we just didn't have enough. So we're doing a blend this year like yeah. so like there's a lot of that so like but if you're already making wine that's normally $50 a bottle and you're mm-hmm. making a blend then it's a $50 blend right like or yeah. maybe it's a $45 blend whatever right. it is so like that's just kind of that, yeah. that concept like we need to look more into yeah. is well, kind then of maybe that you know I, I'd like to have a guest on who maybe knows a little bit more about wine but like I don't really want a wine snob telling me what things should taste like to me, but what I would like is somebody who's like, well, this is the difference between a blend and like I know what a blend is, but like price wise, why is this different than that? And 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 maybe just like, well, no, this blend is fifty dollars because they use very high quality grapes in in the variants, but but like I think two of the French ones that we had were blends, mm-hmm. but that's just what that region is known for. Yeah. they're just they're blended great. It's blended wines. That's yeah. just what they do. Um, so I don't know, but, but that's something that we'll, maybe we'll investigate and, uh, and come back to it. Um, but not maybe we will, well, we will. Yeah. The, the, to get on, I guess, to the topics and yeah. I, did we ever t- talk to everybody that we changed the format? Because we we were doing questions for each other, and then we decided that that was weird, or it just didn't flow correctly. So we so well, I, what I think ended up happening was neither of us could just come up with questions mm. because we were both busy working, and then we've gotten even more busy working, yeah. and then we will ask questions, but our topics are kind of more of the question, like, yeah. And also, Here's I this think thing it was, I read it was about, also, like, what do you yeah. think? <laughs> well, also, I think it was kind of, it was difficult for us to find things that we disagreed on. Like, well, so. that's the thing is, like, you wanted to have a disagreement necessarily, but, like, I think I think that's kind of why when originally in the first episode we were talking about our different dynamics where yeah. you're well-read and I'm just kind of like, yeah. let me loosely apply the NAP and see yeah. how things go. Right. And, like, we kind of get to the same place, but, like, you can get to, like, a very refined argument for mm-hmm. it. But, well, yeah, I, and that's yeah. the thing is, like, I, if you have a podcast that has maintained its format the all the way through, 
either you came up with the best idea yeah. that you can, right, and that's fine, or you're like everybody else and things change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's there's some podcasts where it's like I'm gonna go over algebraic expressions. Right, that's a six series podcast and that it doesn't yeah. change. So yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, being well read, this is going to be on a topic that I've read quite a bit about because it was one of the. I guess libertarian positions that was sort of difficult for me. Not really difficult, but it was like, it was a conflict in the sense that like, libertarians don't agree on it mm-hmm. and so like for the most part you know even you go you know you go from the full range of libertarians minarchists to anarchists and you have you know the various types of minarchists and then the various types of anarchists mm-hmm. but there's one top well there's i'm sure there's more than one but this is one of the ones that comes up a lot and it comes up in our society a lot in yeah. general and that is uh the topic of abortion and i think we've we've gone over it a little bit is uh Walter Block's position, which I've kind of adopted as that is the correct position uh, for a libertarian to take because it's 100% compatible with the NAP, and it's it also is uh, it's just logically sound, and that's the the position of evictionism, mm-hmm. which my previous position, which was pro-life, I think is compatible with this, but it's also compatible with people who are pro-choice. So it's a it's a compatible with both sides. It's sort of a compromise, but not really a compromise. It's just this is compatible with NAP. And my, so, my understanding of his position, which I've heard him on the Tom Woods show kind mm-hmm. of, because that's the thing he is most proud of, of what he's done, which is, I mean, of, of the many, many things Walter yeah. Block has done, refining arguments, clarifying points, like kind of reinforcing things Rothbard had written about, yeah. but didn't necessarily devote a lot of time to. My understanding of the position is I agree with the position however even when he described the position it felt like i was missing some of the steps right and but i agree like of the of the positions you can take outside of i'm not involved because it's not my body right i think that's kind of the best one where it's like you know no if you're looking at it from like a pure theoretical standpoint yeah yes that's the best yeah the best current thing we can do outside of I'm sure if Alien showed up and gave us some other means, it's right. great. Well, this is, and so the article that I'm talking about is actually on the Libertarian Republic, which is, uh, but it was on a lot of other sites. So this is just the one I chose. This is Austin Peterson's site, which mm-hmm. is, you know, I've got mixed feelings about Austin Peterson. I think that if, if he ends up getting into the Senate, which right now he's running for the Senate, he would be much better than a lot of other people. Oh, it'd be... Even if he wasn't better, yeah, the arguments that he would get into with yeah. Bernie Sanders alone oh, yeah. would just be worth right. it. Of course, no, knowing yeah. Bernie, he'd have some sort of stroke, and then we just wouldn't have yeah. him to argue with. <laughs> but then Austin, yeah. maybe well, could, but then he could argue with Elizabeth Warren, oh, so. or maybe he could argue with or, John or McCain or, because or John McCain's or, unkillable. No, I'm pretty sure John McCain went back to Arizona because he's dying, eh, and I, I think he'll be he'll be dead soon. Huh. And I don't Special like I, I don't like celebrating people's death, but this is. John McCain is a mass murderer. Well, and... I won't celebrate John McCain's death. I will celebrate the fact that he is no longer involved in our government. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, there we go. Th- there are things that happened to John McCain that I am truly sorry that he he put it. I'm sorry that he had to put himself into the position for those things to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that the people who did those things to him felt that they needed to do those things to him. And I'm sorry those things happened to him. But his response of murdering children, yeah, on top of the mur- children he had already murdered, doing the things he did to get tortured, right? I just I can't forgive him yeah so, so hopefully well, he'll be out of our government soon. he will be soon and his mom somehow will be still alive i guess she's still living off of the, but, brown, the but, brown baby souls but so. that's the thing is 
I think like she may sacrifice herself for him, and then like oh. whatever black magic, like, yeah. he'll keep going. Yeah, so like this thing is black like, magic. Yeah. <laughs> all I just all I hope is he's just not part of our government. Whether yeah. he's alive or dead, I don't care. No. I just don't want him to be part of our government. She'd be like, anymore. well, I have these special baby souls that you got in Iraq. So like, so. what? If, what if she took his place? Oh my gosh, like, that would be bizarre. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be so weird. <laughs> the, yeah. the oldest person yeah. ever in the Senate. And she's like 110 or something. Yeah. She's so old. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. The article is that uh, that the abortion rates in the United States are at a 40-year low. Mm-hmm. And this is at a time when abortion is available in the majority of states. It's not easily available in all states. Yes, there, um, have, there has been quite a few states that have recently made it extremely difficult to happen. But my understanding is, mm-hmm. like, the trend is still, like, it's not yeah. like, from my understanding is there wasn't, like, the, the clinics that closed, it wasn't like they were changing the statistics because mm-hmm. the clinic has closed. Right. Like, the, they were already seeing a very low accessing of that specific service. Yeah. Now, a lot of those clinics were providing just general birth control, right. which... I mean, yeah. that may see an uptick in birth. Well, maybe. and speaking of know. birth control, that's that's there's a couple of things that I, I read in this article. Now, Austin Peterson's article just is basically just informational, and mm-hmm. it and it goes over that like there it's down twelve point five percent since twenty fourteen, which is pretty significant. That is numbers. very significant. Uh, and I percentage wise, uh, yeah, I mean, percentage like, wise, I mean, numbers wise, who knows what that means? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, they're saying that. Um, Right now, it's 14.6 abortions per 1,000 American women. Okay. So that's, you know, it, depending I mean, on your position on that. Yeah. But depending on depending on your uh, your view on fetuses or babies or whatever, that's at least 14.6 per 1,000 people. And that's... That's a lot higher than I thought it would be. Really? Interesting. Because that's much lower than I thought it would be. Well, uh, so but, the, but that's... And, and But that kind of highlights a little bit where you and I are, have both come from... I came from an evangelical household where, like, this is a major topic because, like, from the way that, like, we were told and raised in, in the Baptist church, it's like women are just going around killing babies all the time. Well, and, <laughs> and, like, well maybe this Which is, is not really what's going on, and that's kind of like when I got older, like, I realized that. Well, maybe this is just one of those things that, like... Maybe it's white privilege, and maybe it's like yeah. having grown up in this area of Virginia privilege. Sure. I have never not known a situation where I couldn't have gotten access to a condom. Yeah. There have been times, like, like, it's just they're available. Right. And not only for the STD production, yeah. like. But you know the argument, it doesn't feel as good. <laughs> so. Like, I've never, like. I don't necessarily appreciate that argument, right? But like, that's the thing. Like, that's that that's what's never made sense to me about this entire thing. Like, I could understand if you like, you know, the middle of Chicago, like the worst places in Chicago. Sure. But like, even then, like, you don't have to be getting like the extra supposed to feel good condoms from Trojan or something yeah. like that. They have like there are effective condoms available, and like, and I think I'm, this yeah. probably is probably covered later in the article, but like. As a kid growing up, I never, mm. like, I never had, like, I, I grew up in the South. Yeah. I went through all the sex education, but right. none of the people I had got sex education from were ever, like, abstinence only. They are like, yeah. yeah, this is what the school teaches, but they're like, put a condom on. Like, yeah. they were like, they, like, the the last person I had sex education from was the, like, the baseball coach. Right. And I guarantee, had I gone up to him and said, whatever his name was, I'm sexually active and I can't get access to condoms. He would have found a way mm-hmm. to get me a condom. Like he was just that guy where yeah. it's like, look, the school teaches abstinence only. That's fine. Yeah, I'm not doing like I'm not a moron. Right. Like, well, and that, that that's what I just never understood. Yeah. Well, like, let me get let me get into some other statistics though that are kind of related to that. Mm-hmm. And this is 
So we'll we'll after I go through these, we'll kind of get into Walter Block's yeah. argument briefly because um, we got a lot of stuff. We do have a lot of stuff, and and I'll just kind of get into it briefly because it's it's one that I believe a lot, and I've actually had a lot of arguments with my family on this. They're just disagreements, um, and surprisingly, of all of the people that have kind of come over to that is my mom, where she's like that sort of makes sense. But so we'll get into what Walter Block's argument is, and then my kind of addition to that argument. Okay, but uh, so it is at a forty year low. Let's celebrate or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Um, when you go and look at like the left-leaning sites that are pro-choice, it's all because of Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. somehow. And and I guess it would be the access to birth control. They say, we're like, well, it's at a four-year low because uh, the government has stepped in and forced you guys to stop teaching abstinence only in a lot of places. And uh, we now you have access to birth control and people are more knowledgeable and all that sort of thing. And so that's their position. The On the flip side, it is the right-wing pro-choice sites. It's people are more moral. It's because we've stepped in with the government and done all these various programs. And like uh, uh, there's a, one of the big Christian um, site, one of the big Christian like competitors, I guess, for Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. is the Crisis Pregnancy Center. Mm-hmm. So they basically, they bring women who are pregnant in and they go like, well, we'll take care of you until you have your baby. And then we'll figure out how to place the baby. So... They, they, but they also do the same sort of stuff as Planned Parenthood in that, like, they're like, well, we'll take care of you. And that, mm. and so th- they'll help save the baby in that way. But also, like, women who are kind of on their way to that direction or whatever, they'll, they'll s- supply them with education about, like, birth control and that sort of stuff. So it's like, because it's Protestant, they're not, yeah. they're not uh, opposed to birth control. Uh, so that, the, so the right wing sides are saying, like, this side, the left wing sides are saying this side. And I kind of thought about it, and I and when I was thinking about it, I was like, well, they can't. I don't really think it's either one of those things. Let's look up what the teen pregnancy rates are. Yeah. So not so one of the so a couple of things that we should go over, I think, and these are statistics I don't think we have access mm-hmm. to. Teen pregnancy rate, STD rate, mm-hmm. because I understand that's rapidly higher. Okay. But also in the generational thing. Sure. But also pure population density. Yeah. So one of the things that I think that made abortion so popular is it was the baby boomers' children that were fighting for Roe v. Wade right. because they were all in Teen 2.0, sure. forced to be around each other, yeah. and they were screwing each other. Yeah. And now because there's so many less kids, yeah. so less forcing of them together, and then so much that more distraction, yeah. that's where I think like most people that – and I, this is just a – gut feeling the people who are accessing like abortion services i'm not saying they were teens right but they were like younger Younger is my my impression it was always usually younger i I do have some of the statistics and the the teen pregnancy rate right now is actually at an all-time low as well yeah 23 per 1,000 teenagers, teen, teen women. Still more than I thought it would be. Yeah, uh, very low. Lowest, lowest, lowest it's been in 40 years. So uh, that's it's very low. Also, the this is the other another statistic. I went, okay, well that that's low, but it's you know I guess it's the lowest. So maybe that's contributes some to it. But like I knew I knew lots of girls who gave birth when I was in high school. So I you know they were teenagers. But this teen pregnancy rate goes all the way to 19. So if you're 19 having a kid, it's not necessarily a crisis. Yeah, it's like no, maybe you plan that yeah actually if you're 17 sometimes i like, mean heck like i mean when you were in the 1920s yeah like, that that sure. would, could be yeah. completely yeah. appropriate right and and you know i may think that's a mistake but it's not my decision and there was a girl i remember in high school who uh was 17 and married and pregnant all through high school and or not, not all, all through high school but all <laughs> through all, all through all through that year yeah. she had gotten pregnant senior year and and yeah. was pregnant through senior year i think she ended up giving birth in the summer she was still pregnant when we graduated but 
it was not like, whoops. It was, no, like me and my husband planned this. Like I'm yeah. married. I'm just finishing high school. And like, it was weird. But, State required. Because yeah. yeah. It, it was a strange thing, but it was like, no, like, I mean, she, she was 17, had gotten permission from her parents to marry a Navy dude. And they were starting a family like, yeah. it wasn't like they she didn't not want the kids she was very happy to be pregnant and yeah, it was it was, it was choice said it, but it was odd to you it, it was odd because of the situation but this sort of goes back to the team 2.0 thing it's like no it should it, i mean that might be too young but it's it's only odd because of the structure the government has put on us yes. so like in the in the free market when the government is not kidnapping you know you know sexually adults like at least physically developed adults uh Sexually, physically. Fit sexually, physically. Adult, yeah. You know, they kid, they adult nap them for four years and force them into these weird compounds. Well, I mean, and more than four years. It just depends on when the, yeah. the mature, the sure. puberty develops. So does, is there anything in there about the supposed, and I only say supposed because I don't know this mm-hmm. true statistics, about the early onset of puberty in so many kids? There, there wasn't in this article. And oh. actually, I didn't think to look it up, but that's actually something that would be interesting to look up. The only other statistic that I brought was that something else is at an all-time low in the United States, and that's fertility. And so that. Yeah. fertility is at an all-time low. We are at the lowest, or we're the, at the closest level to replacement rate right now, and the only reason we're at replacement rate is immigration. And so uh, fertility level right now is 62 per 1,000 women. Um, and there, the, the various articles cited very, you know, different things for why that is a lot of it's just because people are waiting till they're older to have kids Um, we didn't start trying until i was like 28 yeah i mean i'm 30 and i'm not really interested in having kids right now so like i'm interested in having kids but but you also think you're gonna live to be a thousand that's true i I think i mean mean, like at a minimum 200 so so i mean that i mean technically my goal is to Mm -hmm. be immortal but Mm -hmm. like you and I have a little bit of different measure there. Yeah. Well, I believe that I will be immortal, just not on Earth. <laughs> but I mean, that's uh, my hope too. <laughs> but uh, so I, I just thought that was interesting. Is that like? Oh uh, yeah, I, I see how you meant that. But I I, I thought like actual immortality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. No, not no, no, like no immortal, spiritual, uh, spiritual. Yeah. yeah, I meant spiritual immortality. But I guess uh, I, I guess you would want to pass away at some point. Though. Yeah, I do. Like, I well, do. no, no. Like but so, like, like in my yeah. mind, like you want to live forever because, like, I'm an atheist and I don't believe right. in anything. Well, else, I, but, I like, guess I guess to briefly go off on this side uh, on this side note, like I am a Christian. Like I believe that yeah, at some point I do want to go be with Jesus. But right now, like I've got so many things to do that can make the world a better place, and there's a lot of people who are depending on me to make yes. the world a better place. So if I can extend my life to do that, and also, you know, to some degree, I'm af- I'm a- I am afraid of dying. Like, I don't know what it's going to be like. But, but-, you're also in- but that's the thing is like you're also enjoying life and yeah. then you're spreading the word of Christ. There's a lot of things you're doing mm-hmm. where it's like, look, like I'm not... I'm not sac- like you're not sacrificing brown babies to no, like, do no, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like no, I I like the technology to come along to like yeah. allow me to like increase the contributions that I give. Like I like literally want to change the world. Yeah. I want the world to be a better place because of my impact on it. And you know, I got to live longer to be able to do that. Yeah. Or, or, exactly. or the, more long, the longer I live, the more I can do. Yeah. So I mean, there's a I mean many ways to look at that argument. Yeah. So all right, at this point, we've got to go over um, evictionism. And we got to so, do yeah. it in less than two minutes. Okay, well, we'll go over it real quick. So the the, the evictionism principle from Walter Block is basically that uh, the, the the fetus is a life and the woman is a life. Mm-hmm. The fetus, if the woman does not want it, or the baby, if the woman does not want it, is a trespasser. And she is allowed to evict the trespasser by any means necessary. But you can, so just like if you had somebody come into your house that, you didn't want here the first you're, you there's various steps in the nap so mm-hmm. the first it's it's and actually mary talks about this she calls it reflection so reflection is you reflect the aggression that's against you 
mm-hmm. but you, and you step it up until your the aggression has stopped. So the first step, if some like some dude walks into my house and he doesn't belong here, the yeah. first step is get out. Yeah, ask him to leave. Yeah, and so then if he doesn't leave, well, I can go use physical force. And so the situation with the baby is that the baby didn't ask to be there. The mother did not ask the baby to be there because the baby didn't exist at the time of sex. So Mm -hmm. there can be no contract with the baby. Yes. And so because there there could possibly be a contract between the father and the mother, but assuming there's no contract between them, she has the right to just say, get out. So this is sort of the addition to that is I think that is logically consistent with the NAP. The addition to that is that the evangelicals, the pro-lifers, those types of people should not be focused on getting the government to violently force people to have babies they don't want to have. They should be focused on getting technology that can save babies at earlier points. And like while you say it's an addition, I think that's also Walter's. Well, I, I think that that was his aside to it. Yes, and, and, I but I, so. I don't know that that's in the paper. Um, that, that might not be. Okay. That, I, I'd that have to reread it. That's, but that's but that was point. sort of the, the point that kind of helped can bring my mom along on that on that particular topic is she's still very pro-life, but she's like, no, that makes sense, is we shouldn't be spending all of our money lobbying the government to force people to have babies that they don't want. Ha- want don't want. And aside from that, there's a, there's a lot of baby. And like when they get, like, and this is to me the most tragic thing is when the state takes a child from their their parents, even if they don't, if the parents don't want it, like a lot of times they get placed in terribly abusive situations. Yeah, and and so, and, so unfortunately, you have to move on from that. Yeah, but one hundred percent agree. There's there's many better solutions, and there's mm-hmm. many better things in science that we can find. So my first topic or yeah. first point that I wanted to point out is, so we are living in a chaotic time. Yep. And I say that because the Republicans apparently have created some new tax rules right at the end of the year that are possibly going to be retroactive to 2017. Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's my, under- that's my okay. understanding, right. was they were talking about making retroactive to 2017. I, I'm not saying that's happening. Right. So it literally is Christmas Eve. So, you know, whenever right. this comes out, just remember, we're recording this on Christmas Eve. So if we're wildly inaccurate here, please, please forgive us. Okay. But I saw... Yet again on Reddit, because that's apparently where I spend my time when I'm not in Zero Hedge or I'm not on like Mac Rumors or something something like that. I I don't read Lou Rockwell as much because most of it's Zero Hedge. Okay. Um, But I don't fault Lou from that. I I love Lou Rockwell. Mm -hmm. I just don't always remember to go. And a lot of times I'm like, oh, wait, I saw that article a couple of days ago. I really wanted to read it. But then I open it up and it's like 45 pages. I'm like, (laughs) damn it, Lou. (laughs) This is so interesting. But I I don't have time. Right. Um, So... There was a post that I sent you and it was a like somebody going like, you know, very shittily on Reddit. Like it was a meme like, um, oh, like they're coming. They're not going to take your guns, but they're coming for your social security. Yeah, yeah. And my biggest complaint about that was even from a status perspective, if you believe in the United States government, right. the Constitution does not provide for social security. Yeah. But the Second Amendment is you have any gun you goddamn yeah. want. Right. So, like, but that's the thing is, like, why my like, I'll read the text. I think I sent you because yeah. I occasionally I try to talk in text in meme speak to you because I'm so I'm so <laughs> stupid about memes. Yeah. Well, um, I, it was a pretty funny. I'll I'll go ahead and describe yeah. the cartoon that was on it. It yeah. was it was like a the way that the left wants to portray anybody who has guns is like I'm the guy with the guns and I got my duck hat on. So southern. Be, yeah. Southern, yeah. Exactly. Like they they and, which is not racist exactly, but it's like it's a prejudice stereotype which really. Like, Actually, all right. So let me yeah. let me read the comic. Okay. All right. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for Democrats coming to take your guns. And it's an elephant dressed very nicely. Yeah. Um, with a bag that says Medicare and another that says Social Security. And there's a guy looking out the window with a couple rifles. Yeah. 
in a nice little pink house. Like, I mean, right. it's, it's a cool little house. And I think what I said to you was, uh, can we create a version that says, hands off my paycheck, you thieving commie bastards? Right. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what, like, people don't seem to understand is, like, when you're talking about Social Security, it's not yours. Right. It's your children's. Yeah. It's your grandchildren's. And what your grandparents are living off of is your money. Right. It's not, and that's not something yeah. that you were given. A gun is something somebody took hard-earned savings and converted yeah. their time preference yeah. into a weapon. Right. Yes, it is a weapon. Yes, it can be used to do terrible things. Sure. But what is more distortive, the fact that I lose 6.2% of my income up to uh, $117,500? No, this year it's $127,200. Yeah. I don't make that much money. Right. Like, so they're just going to be taking it. They're, taking, they're taking, taking my money, and they act like... This new tax bill was the death of Social Security yeah. and Medicare because they're underfunding the government. And we've been talking about the underfunded liability since the oh, – well, yeah. not we, but, but people in our yeah. movement have been talking about it since the 90s when they realized, oh, wait, the baby boomers' kids aren't having kids and those yeah. kids aren't having kids even. So, right. like, this concept that, like, you deserve Social Security – no, you don't. You don't, I deserve and, and you're my probably paycheck. not getting it. So this thing is, I deserve my paycheck. Yeah. I and this is wife an argument I had with my wife, or not an argument, a disagreement. Taxation is slavery. Yes, you are taking my time, my efforts, right, without my consent. Well, that's that's kind of going back to the meme dumb or whatever. Is Mary Root has shared this a bunch of times where it's got like uh, like a bunch of like black slaves, mm-hmm. like a. I didn't know they had photographs back then, but maybe they did. But it's like, it's like a photograph, or maybe it's later that like. Well, it's I mean, just... like you know, that in the Civil War, they had there's photographs of the Civil War. Oh, that's so true. You knew I that guess photographs so, yeah. technically. Right. Okay, I guess they did. Yeah, but so. like you, you, the concept in in this is, I agree with this. Yeah. That there was time to take pictures of slaves, but then right. you also think about it; these people may have been free for ten years. That's true. Well, so that, that's the thing is, I'm, I'm wondering if it's just if it's just free people and they're just using them. Anyway, that's not it, not, not the point. I know <laughs> there are, I know there are photographs yeah. from the United States from people who were actually enslaved the times the photographs okay. were taken. So the photograph so. is of a bunch of black people picking cotton or standing looking at the camera, but they've got like bags of cotton. And it says, if 100% of your labor is slavery, what is 30% of your labor? Slavery. So, and is it is at, or maybe it's at, at what point is it not slavery? Mm-hmm. So is it like, is it, is it 80%? Is it 70%? You know, now, so to, right to clarify, now, like, my wife did agree taxation is theft. So yeah, like, right. my wife is a libertarian too. But they, so but they, you know, not so not they, as far as us, excuse me. You know, they just, I think what happened was they realized that if you, instead of like keeping all of the slaves on the plantation, if they, re- they realized that, well, if we let them all choose and just tax them, they'll produce more because like and and if you can go back and look at statistics and, and this is one of the one of the i think a, not 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 just a libertarian argument against slavery where it's just like no you shouldn't be enslaving people like it's wrong and morally corrupt and it violates the nap but the but from like a utilitarian standpoint as well it's inefficient well and so this and, so this is one of the things that like so this is so there was a guy i went to um college with yeah and this is back when i used to argue against our Austrian economics, yeah. and very misinformed, different things. So I have a degree in economics from local university. No, mm-hmm. like I think the professors are either most of the professors were either post Keynesian or some, some of Chicago them, over there at yeah, EU, so, I know because yeah. Victoria is getting one that I know is Chicago. Yeah, so some of like some of them are very like I just don't think they let their, yeah they're semi free market. Yeah, yeah, they're very fr- more free market than they think. But yeah. like one of my favorite professors was talking about like slavery, and this is like a Walter Block position. Yeah, slavery was not as bad as people thought. Yeah, because like 
physically the pictures you see of the whip slaves and things like that like yes that that is absolutely disgusting but there was no way that you could do that to those many people and actually get productive work like you would be murdering like literally murdering people (laughs) murdering what you invested at a certain point when they stopped allowing like sale like of bringing people over directly you're literally murdering the the thing that you have to produce it it would be like you threw a wrench into like i mean in a modern example in your car like you just threw a wrench into your car and went it's gonna drive right right no like there's a certain point where like yes these people were horribly mistreated because they were enslaved like that's not an argument yeah but his point was like these photos where you see these like incredibly whip slaves not all of them were that way because there's no way you could get productive work from somebody that was treated that way right so slavery was not as bad as it's portrayed his argument wasn't it was a good thing yeah but like and that one of the guys that was in my class that I very much respected, like, at the time, because it was, like, his general depth of knowledge, yeah. like, nearly had a conniption. Now, he happened to be African-American, and, like, right. he was very into some social causes and things like that. But, like, I, I was looking at the professor. I'm like, well, yeah, that makes logical sense. Like, right. there's no way that somebody could be treated that way and functionally work. Yeah. Like, it, it, we live in Southern Virginia. It barely ever gets below 30 degrees. Right. And I think I told you this year, the first time it got into, like, the 40s, I thought it was going to die oh yeah it's like awful. it was miserable uh, it and was like, it was awful today when i was walking to the gym and it was like it was like 50 yeah <laughs> like, like that's the thing it was like, <laughs> and that was the thing like i used to be the guy who ran around without like i wore shorts until i mm. made me wear pants in high school like i wore shorts and like yeah. i wore like bait not a real jacket like yeah. i still don't own a real coat right I, i'm wearing a banana Rep- like i when i when i'm cold yeah i have a banana republic um thick cardigan thing that everybody made fun of me at wearing for work because it, it doesn't it's look a gra- i think it's a great jacket actually no, no it's a different it's... one you haven't seen oh, like oh, this oh. is this one is uh more oatmeal covered oh okay. colored and then i have a columbia light air like a uh, wind windbreaker okay. thing that i wear on top of it so far it's been greatly warm this summer well because you know my winter. theory my theory on warmth is that it, it that the the thickness of the fabric doesn't matter it's the it's the layers and the thread count yeah and so if you have on the outer layer if you have a synthetic with like a high density yeah. this, this is my weird theory but and, but i there's got to be some science behind it because i believe that this is true but if you have like the outer layer is a synthetic with a high density thread count yeah. that it's going to retain heat inside of you because it doesn't have an ability to leak out. It, it, so that's I don't know a, if that's there's true. There's a lot of science to what you're saying yeah. like the, some of the some of the some of it may not be 100% right. correct but some of the materials you're talking about yes that is yeah. true like this the coat specifically that I have that I was wearing that is the outer layer has a heat reflective air you know right. it's it's all super there. Right. But that was the thing like we live in the south. Yeah. It does get cold in the South. It's not Canada. Right. But, like, the but idea yeah, that, cold. like, these people, like, didn't have fire. Like, right. you would not be able, like, we see what malnutrition looks like yeah. in Yemen. people in our functional, yeah. no, in our society. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, how much it fucks up a person yeah. completely. And there are slaves that lived well into their 60s mm-hmm. and were enslaved the entire time. Like, yeah. it cannot have been as bad. It is, was it is 100% awful. Yeah. But it cannot be as bad as people have portrayed it to be because there's no functional way for a person to have survived sure. that and have produced productive work. Well, and, and then, yeah. as you said, like you literally watch how much more productive the North was when people were compensated. Right. Like just by being compensated. Yeah. Yes, there's a different density of work, but what was the richest freaking part of the United States? Yeah. The South. The right. South out money-wise stored capital in not even including the like property of the slaves. Just mm-hmm 
pure cash gold on hand, right. the South outranked the North by orders of magnitude. Right. And then the Civil War just every it, amount yeah. of resource destroyed. Yeah. But like, well, and, you know, yeah. it was, but there's also like a lot of work. David Freeman has done some, <clears throat> some, some work on this. Uh, and a lot of it's just logical deductions, but it's, it's just that from a utilitarian perspective, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The, the the model that his actually David Friedman's father Milton Friedman came up with, where you have an income tax, is a much better model to have slaves because uh, you are you're still getting a percentage of their labor, but you're giving them a degree of freedom and comfort which allows them to produce more. And you're also giving them a perceived degree of freedom. Yes, yeah. So like, you you the reward system has changed sure. because it, you get like you get the paycheck. Right. It's not like you take the cotton and you put it in the bag and then you yeah. just never see the bag again. Well, that's, that's what socialism yeah. doesn't make. That's part of the reason like like the best arguments against socialism. Yeah. Like you do all this stuff and oh you get food. Right. Like you know oh you got apples that mm-hmm. like I mean like. I mean, there's a big, I don't know how much you follow this, but like, yeah. you remember apples used to just be red or green and then they had gold apples. And then now all of a sudden there's like 900 varieties yeah. of apples and so, they're not yeah. mushy crap. Well, I'm from California, so we've always had a variety. <laughs> well, we had, the, you had a variety yeah. earlier. There's actually always have a variety. Uh, up the, up highway 50 from where I live in California, there's a place called Apple Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, you guys might've gone there when you lived there. No. Nope. Okay. All right. Well, all the way up to 50. We, we never went up. Oh man, yeah, man, you should have because it's nice. I lived, there was three months. Like, I know, I and know. I didn't have a job. <laughs> right. Like. So Apple Hill, which apparently, like I've ta- I talked to my sister, it's not as not as good as it was when we were kids, but you know, nostalgia. Yeah. That it's not. It's never as good as it was when you were kids. But uh, we, my, I, my mom would get like Fuji apples, the red ones, mm-hmm. or she would get Granny Granny Smiths, yeah. or like you know these types of apples. I would not eat those. I'm not gonna eat that crap. I only eat Golden Delicious. <laughs> that was the only apple I would eat. And like they're they're very similar to pears, I think, in flavor. They're very sweet and they're soft. And I love Golden Delicious apples still to this day. I love Pink Lady apples. Pink Lady? I don't and think I've had those. Oh, those are the ones you eat at work, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah they're okay. a little more tart. Next next time I get a bag of them, I'll give you a okay, couple. All right. they're, they're 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 not as soft as Golden Delicious. Yeah. But they're they're tart, and I think you mm-hmm. would like the tannic, almost yeah. tannicness to um, okay. so to bring it back to the wine. A yeah. little more tannic to it. Okay, interesting. Um, so it's pretty good. But we um, could, we should become apple yeah. connoisseurs <laughs> and start a podcast called. To be one hundred percent honest, yeah. I've thought about traveling to Kazakhstan to get the wild apples. Oh, to get, to get wild the, apples. Yeah, the originals. Like, yeah, to to get the originals. So, I want to go over the other article that I had, and this is one of those ones that like. So, one of the things that like I as an adult, I've had a very hard time figuring out is okay. what to use the internet for. Yeah, there's the obvious. Like cat videos, of well, course. Pornography. Yeah. Oh, like, porn- there's obvious oh, right, right. pornography. The obvious. Yeah. Then there's the other obvious stealing. Okay. So torrenting and things yeah. like that. Because I mean, I don't really believe in copyright, but like right. I also believe in like paying for certain things that I enjoyed and like giving back to the creators and things like mm-hmm. that. But my internet not providing- giving back, giving. It- well, no, no, compensating. It's not compensating. Compensating, yeah, yeah. compensating. Compensating those who created, yeah. but like also my internet provider doesn't agree with sure. stealing stuff because they keep ratting me out to the people they catch me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I've stopped doing that almost altogether unless right. I cannot attain it legally in this country at sure. this point. Yeah. And then like when I can, like I'm glad to pay for it. Right. But so I, like when I go on the internet, I spend a lot of time on Reddit because like it's a collection of just everything. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So you can get things you don't want and you can get things you do want and one of the things that pisses you and i off a lot is late stage capitalism because yeah. it's the dumbest concept ever 
like if you believe in communism, late stage capitalism is not happening currently. Right. Like that is just fundamentally incorrect. But one of the things they talked about was this poor child named Cameron Prescott. Right. So Cameron Prescott was a six year old who was killed in Texas. Okay. So Cameron Prescott and my best understanding of the story, and unfortunately the story went off onto a bunch of tangents about like police violence, but not sure. telling the story. And this was from Al Jazeera, and Al Jazeera is actually a really good news source mm-hmm. most of the time. Apparently Cameron was killed when the police killed the person who was trying to break into his house after a car chase. Right. So he lived in a trailer. So unfortunately, you know, trailers don't provide a lot of structural safety and support in in just general wall density. Yeah. I wish they did, but they don't. So um, this poor kid was sleeping in his bed and late night police chase and the police decided to murder this woman because she was trying to break into this house and they opened fire on a mobile home. Right. They opened fire with guns on a mobile home, and a stray bullet hit this child in the stomach and killed him. Right. And the police are like, it's a tragic accident. No, it's fucking murder. Right. Like, I don't care. Like, she's trying to break into the house. You're a cop. You're in body armor. You've got a taser. You're firing into someone's home. Even if it was a concrete wall, the chance that you ricochet and kill your partner. Why are you firing at somebody who's... You don't know what's on the other side of that door. Yeah. What if it's her kid? You don't know it's her house. Right. What if it's her kid and she's trying to get to the kid because she's having some just insane break. Right. And you've decided to murder her. And now a six-year-old kid is dead. Right. Like, and this is like, and the, the thing I'm like, I don't understand how it's late stage capitalism. Like, in our country, like, the police are immune to everything. Well, that's the government that right. you're wanting yeah. to have more power. Yeah. Like, it, one, that doesn't make well, sense. Well, I mean, I, two, I, I guess it would depend on if they're true Marxists, then, like, eventually... There, this whole weird convoluted like there will be no government we'll just all live together in this communist state or whatever so maybe that's their, but their that, bent but I don't that, know. that's the thing is like most even, of them are not most of them are just like we need more government so. yeah but like that, that's what makes no sense to me is like this child mm-hmm. and you know I have a kid who's your niece yeah. like it like I cannot tell you the war crimes I would commit if that oh, yeah. happened. One thing like, about this applied to blowback theory too. Like, like that's you know. that's and that's the thing. Like that's part of the reason I wanted to bring this up yeah. is like like I understand that most police and I truly believe this. Mm-hmm. I truly believe most police officers truly want to make a difference and right. better their community. Now, whether that's arresting the drug fiend or helping children, you know, cross the street safely, that's each up, up mm-hmm. to each individual officer. But I believe most people who join the police force believe that they're going to make the community better. Mm-hmm. Many of them don't have the right idea on making their community better, but given the right situations, most of them will make wonderful decisions. Yeah. They'll help the old lady across the street. They'll come into the business and just make sure everybody's okay. Like they'll and they'll put their lives on the line. And I respect the idea that they will put their lives on the line. But there are so many situations where they just decide to act insane. Right. Like the lady's trying to break in this house. Why aren't you tasting the shit out of her? Yeah. Light her on fire with a taser. Like. Right. I, like, if she had died having a stroke from the taser, I would still be very angry. Right. But the idea, and this is one of those, like, ones that, like, we've had an argument, like, this happened locally, mm. where, like, the, back when we were going to libertarian meetings, like, the guy who, like, the cop shot through the, like, he killed a cop by shooting through his own door. Oh, right, yeah. Like, and, like, I don't agree with his defense, because I don't, I don't agree with the idea that you can just blindly fire through a door when somebody's breaking into your house. I guess it depends on where you think your property starts. Well, that's the thing is like, I don't agree because I don't, when you wake up from a dead sleep, like this gentleman had, and this is not relevant to the situation, the poor child, 
Yeah. But like he woke up from a dead sleep. He was a drug dealer. Right. And he thought somebody was breaking in his house to kill him. The difference between waiting for the door to be open and the door not to be open right. is not enough, in my opinion, yeah. to slow it down. And even if it was a cop and he shot the cop when the door was open, I would be less concerned about it. Right. But like, let's say his house had been on fire and it was his hired insurance agents. Sure. Coming to put the fire out in our situation. Like, and that's, I didn't know it in Ancapistan or whatever. Yeah. And I didn't have enough arguments at the time to present that argument, but like he's firing through a door. Yeah. He doesn't know what's on the other side. He doesn't know he's on the other side. It's a child trying to escape a molester. Sure. You don't know. And that's the thing is like the cop has no idea what's on the other side of that trailer. Mm -hmm. Say it's seven children having a wonderful sleepover. Sure. And this is the only time this kid has any of his friends able to visit. And now that kid's dead. Yep. Because or all the kids are dead. All the kids yeah, are dead. Like, or yeah. one of the kids loses an eye. Like, right. society is now worse off yeah. because this child is dead. And yeah, we're worse off because that woman is dead too. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe she was crazy. Maybe she would have murdered everybody in that house if the cop hadn't stopped her. Mm-hmm. Whatever. There are very few times that I have seen an officer that I did not think like could stop most women. Mm-hmm. Now there are plenty of women that like maybe she was on PCP and like she wouldn't go down like whatever and maybe they did tase the shit out of her and she still didn't go down but like the idea that you just you blindly fire into like a trailer and like how many times have we seen where like the cops fired 30 rounds and didn't hit anybody yeah, right where the fuck did those 30 rounds go right. like or like North Hollywood bank heist robbery is my ultimate example of the police just screwing everything up right guys show up with ak's they open up on the cops and the cops fire hundreds of rounds from handguns that can't get through these guys armor right and the cops knew within 20 minutes of firing on these guys and they kept firing at them right they couldn't get through these guys armor with the weapons they had but they kept shooting at them right what about other people who don't have body armor who aren't on drugs who aren't like whatever the answer is and like i like i understand in a and cap society, that child may still have died. Right. The security services that were defending that house may still have used those weapons. Right. Well, there's a difference. Right. And the difference is, and Mary Root actually uses this. Ex- well, no, it's not Mary Root who uses It's Walter Block who uses this example. Thank God for Walter yeah. Block. In, in, in Ancapistan, if you are cleaning your gun and it accidentally goes off and kills the child next door, what's, it doesn't matter what your intention was. It matters that you killed somebody. Yeah, it does. And... In Ancapistan, we do not have crime and punishment. We have crime and compensation, and that is that you are still liable, even if you didn't intend. Yeah. You are still liable for that person's death, and you as an individual are liable. You do not get special privilege because you, you know, as... Don a shield and don body armor What is it that that Rick Caldwell always says is... uh, Hot metal. Blue blue clown suit and pot metal badge or whatever. It doesn't matter how you're dressed. we got to get Rick on. Yeah, we should. Uh, He's a great guy. But... It, it in from Walter Block. It does not matter why. Now, when you're in court or in arbitration, is is really where it would be in Ancapistan, I guess. In arbitration, well, it, it could your, be it your could intentions. Be many different yeah, things. your intentions yeah. may be taken into account by the victim. Yeah, by the victim and, and yeah. by by the Barbie, the arbitrator by, by yeah. the arbitrator because. There is certain level of compens, you know, certain yeah. level of guilt, but like that's the thing. Like, it's not a terrible tragedy. It's not a terrible accident. It's murder. Yeah, it's like, you, you killed op- somebody. You this person's fire. life, this life in this world, is gone. And depending and, on what you believe, that's it. 
as far as far as people know, like logically or whatever, we get one shot, and you've just snuffed it out at six years old right, or seven so, years old. So or let's let's also take this into consideration. This child was shot in the stomach. Uh-huh. Cops have nine millimeters, forty fives, and thirty eights is my general understanding of the caliber of bullets. Yeah, it went through a trailer wall first. Right. It's not like he got hit in the head and died instantly. Right. He suffered. Right. Six years old. Like my daughter was crying about I don't know what today. Right. And it was killing me. Yeah. And she was crying. Like, and that was the thing. It was like we opened most of her Christmas gifts today, and she was playing in the gifts and crying at the same time. Right. And I think it was because she had to burp. Oh. And right. she's. 15 well, months painful, old. Yeah, so, yeah, but yeah. she's 15 months old, so she can generally burp herself. Yeah. Like, that's what I think she was crying about. I can't imagine her getting shot with a BB in the stomach. Right. Like, through a wall. Like, it yeah. lost so much momentum, even right. going through a mobile home wall. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tragedy. And it's, like, and, and the, you know, there'll be an investigation, and likely there'll be no consequences. But in, you know, the way that we think about things is there will, there would be consequences which would prevent future instances like this, and that is that... It, and even it, it there might is not a, prevent future yeah. instances like now, this, but the, it would... The, well, the security agency probably would have their officers insured, and the insurance would pay the compensation. Well, so, what I what I think would happen more likely is the they would have more investment in non lethal. Yeah. Oh well. The, yeah. Well, the insurance company would insist on it. Yeah. So it, yeah, if the insurance company has to pay out, like, how much is a six year old child's life or is it eight year old? Is it how six. old? Is it? Six. Six is my a six year old's life worth a billion, maybe, or I guess it wouldn't be U.S. dollars, but like, how about a ton of gold? I I don't know. Whatever the money currency is, yeah. but like, you, this is a you have per, you, no yeah, measure. You have for that. no measure of it. There is going to be, I mean, granted, there'll be a social standard for what a life is worth, but like, that's expensive. And so there's, there's, and we've gone over this before, like, you know, back when the railroads used to be uh, shooting sparks off and lighting people's fields on fire and stuff like that. They and developed, you could sue they, about it. Yeah, and you could sue. They developed technology to stop the sparks from flying everywhere. As soon as the government was like, nope, progress is more important, they stopped developing the technology. Which was progress. Yeah. So, so they, so, and that's. What would happen in Ancapistan is if your security agents, who are effectively the police, are going around killing six-year-olds, it's too expensive. They will invest in less than lethal force. Or or, or they would have contracts yeah. that said that the death of the child was an acceptable thing in certain situations. Right. This reminds me of the other topic I couldn't think of. So this I, okay. I want to put this aside. Sure. And so you know that I listen. So there's a certain statistic that like you are a percentage of the five people you spend the most time with. Sure. So you, my wife, my daughter. Mm-hmm. So those are my first three. My other two are Tom Woods and Jason Stapleton. Okay. So I'm gonna pick on Jason for now. Sure. One of the things that like I think Jason Stapleton's position on net neutrality is very very close to J- Tom Woods right. and everyone else's. The one thing that I find that most people don't seem to understand about net neutrality mm-hmm. is that it is 100% acceptable for your internet service provider to deny you the right to access certain websites. Sure. You agree. Yeah. And Jason, I think Jason would agree, but when they couch the argument, mm-hmm. they're not including this part of the argument. And I think this is something that we okay. really need to point out is you're, the internet is already restricted. Right. The government put Ross Ulbrich in jail yeah. for the rest of his goddamn life because he said, no, you should be able to go to my website. Yeah. That I'm already trying to curate. As far yeah. as we understood, the Dread Pirate Roberts was already trying to curate that website to keep child pornography, sure. hitmen, and other horrific things off of it. 
Right. But the government already said, no, there are certain things you can't see. My friend, the guy I grew up with, like the first, like, so the, one of the things that always bothered me about your dad mm-hmm. is he never knew this guy's dad because they oh, were both yeah. seals. And they, like, both seals for <laughs> they like should their, know enti- each other. their entire <laughs> lives. Yes. Yeah. In, in my right. head, they're yeah. like six seals and they should know each other. Right. right. I know that they're way more than that. But right. like, given that. Well, he d- may know him. No, I, they I, don't. Yeah. They don't no. know each other. Okay. Because if he knew him, they would know each other because sure. they're both Catholic. Like, they would okay. know each other. Like, it's. Well, it's my that's not Catholic. He's evangelical. Well, so. there's times where your dad, you've said your dad's he, Catholic. He, li- he likes Catholic church yeah, a lot. But yeah, like, yeah. that's the thing is like, if like, there's no way your dad wouldn't know this. He spent sure. 28 years in the seals. Okay, like, okay. there's no way that if he well, knew I, him, I he wonder know. like, you know, and this is sort of getting off topic too. I wonder if there's just like a slight distance in service because my dad was a reservist for so long. And, uh, True, but like your dad was in active duty when sure. he was active duty, okay. and he is. Anyway, it's yeah, inconceivable yeah. to yeah. me that they don't know each other. <laughs> right, but oh man, I lost the train of where lost I was going. The train of oh no, no, so that's oh. what happened. He, my friend, went to a website, uh-huh. and he didn't know it was a bad website. He, he just didn't know. Yeah. And AOL literally told them they could not use AOL anymore because he went to this website. Right. They this, is, literally, this must have been a long time ago. Yeah, they yeah. literally kicked them off of dial-up. This is the first person I know that got Cox Communications cable internet yeah. because he screwed up and went to a website that Cox, like that AOL apparently did not allow you to go to. Oh, Literally yeah. got banned from using a service and that's one of the things that people don't like one of the things that like i think people couch the net neutrality argument incorrectly is no your isp has 100 percent the right if your contract says they do to not go to a certain website it is up to you to negotiate the contract with your service provider to be able to go to any website you want Right. But if you going to a specific website leads them to the possibility of facing legal ramifications, sure. i.e. you went to child pornography, like this is one of the things that I'm surprised the government and I hate saying it out loud because what did certainly pick up in the uh, libertarian movement since I said it, even though we haven't been releasing oh, these yeah. yet? Yeah, a lot abolitionists. Of, yeah, a, a lot of men have been talking about being abolitionists. Yeah. And, and as far as we know, I was the first to say that. Yeah. In our that we uh, the well, it we was follow. funny. It's like the week after you said it, uh, Dave Smith said it, and he was like, "Cause that's what we really are. We're abolitionists. Like imagine like back in the day when when you were like, well, we, we slavery is immoral. We shouldn't have it.' And then and the argument would be like, well, how would we get our cotton? And like yeah, and then like but that so that's the thing is like and it's the same argument yeah. now though where where you're like. Well, we shouldn't have the, the government shouldn't be like stealing from us. Well, where would we get our roads? Where, you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. The people want to sell you shit. Right. Like, yeah. So like, that's that's the thing is like, I am surprised that the people who have been caught with mm-hmm. terabytes of child pornography, yeah. that their Internet service provider hasn't been like fine. Right. Like, they're the ones who allowed you to access this yeah. terrible, terrible, terrible thing or like. Apple, because you were able to record, like, a, you sure. know, it's like the, the government wants a backdoor into your cell phone, mm-hmm. and Apple's like, no. we just can't functionally do that. Yeah. That's just insane. And Apple clearly could, but they just right. won't, hopefully. And hopefully Google will, won't do it, even though I think they already are doing it. Right. And I think Apple's doing it, too. I think, you know, sure. I, you know, no no qualms about it. I'm an Apple guy. You're an Android guy. Like, I, I really think mm-hmm. they both have already built backdoors sure. for their own use. 
that's whatever we you know we agree to it in that terms of service that are 900 pages that we don't yeah, read that nobody reads that we can't read you know right. but just like the tax code you can't read it yeah and when you well, do and, and it, even when you, when read you it, do read you do? it like yeah. i did yeah and try to apply it they just go no i don't agree and yeah and they don't give a shit what you think <laughs> right but, you know hey whatever they got the guns oh wait yeah. no not at all okay. <laughs> <laughs> terrible decision but that that's the whole thing like i think that's the the biggest thing that we have to look at is like, why have we decided as a society sure. that guys with pop metal badges yeah. and now black uniforms, right? And not blue, I, you know, I ask Rick to update it next time yeah. I see him. Yeah, everything willing, I see Rick again. Sure. But why are we allowing these people to make the decision? It's like the guy, like the guy who apparently there was a big thing on Reddit recently and all over the internet. He made some dude crawl. The guy's pants fell down. Mm-hmm. And he went to pull them up to try to save his dignity, and the cop killed him. Yeah. And people were watching the video, and, like, it was apparently, like, I think it was a closed court proceeding, which I think is bullshit to begin with. Right. Like, there shouldn't be no way that court proceedings should ever be closed. Um, even the Supreme Court, screw them. I yeah. don't care what they think. Like, they don't have the right to silence anything. Yeah, they, they're our servant. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. So. And that's one of the things that I really – that's – so – one of the things that, like, being an anarchist, you know, Jason, Jason Stapleton steps off the train before sure. we do. But, yeah. like, Jason steps off for more practical reasons than sure. we do. I think he would truly be an anarchist if he was like, all right, you know, we're three steps away. Like, let's I, yeah, just let's go all the way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, where you and I are like, hey, wait, no. Like, you, like, and this is what Jason says is like, no, you're my servant. I pay your right. tax. I pay your wage. You don't provide shit. And you don't we, do we shit. Should, we should get Rick to tell that story about when he was drunk and got pulled over. I, I don't do, know that Do you story. remember that one? No. So I, I, I'm going to give a summary for it. If we can get Rick on, like, he'll tell it. But he said, like, one time he was drunk and, like, he had the seat all the way back. And his friend was driving. who was sober. And, the, and they got stopped for speeding. Okay. And the officer came to the door and said, do you know how fast you were going? And Rick sat up and said, you're the public servant. Why don't you tell us? And while you're at it, top off the tires. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but that's what he always told us. To be 100% honest, if yeah. Rick Caldwell told me he said that, or Mike Lowry said him, that, yeah. told yeah. me he said that, I would not expect right. them to have been lying to me. Oh, yeah. Well, but, Rick, I, I would believe Rick did it. I, but, I would believe Mike Lowry did it. Yeah. Like, those are the two people, like, yeah. If you told me, like, if you told me you said that, I'd be like, well, I know that's true because Jacob wouldn't bother yeah. to lie to me. Right. But these are two people where I'm like, I don't think they see any value in yeah. it because they they never seem to care. Yeah. Like the, with the people they care about and the people they care about having their correct opinion, you know, having good opinion of, they act appropriate. Sure. Like, and that's where like there's a lot of things I model my life on yeah. where I'm like, no, like I just don't care what you think. Right. Like, whatever. But Rick, but Rick and Mike were the first two people I knew who had a had a show, a, a podcast back when it was on uh, Free Talk Live. This was when like podcasting was still pretty new. I think there was like Smodcast. Well, that's and, the thing is, podcast wasn't new. It just wasn't. It just where wasn't it is popular. Now. Yeah. So they had like free, and I and I actually guest hosted four or five episodes with them. When like Mike couldn't make it or Rick couldn't make it, I would come in and guest host. And it and at the time I was still like Constitution Party kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, I remember a lot of the conversations I had where I was like, Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see how you could do it without the government kind of thing. And I I I wonder if those still exist because I'd love to hear myself back then. Um, I I would too because I never listened to it. And I, yeah. And I I knew it existed. But I didn't listen to podcast. Like I listened right. to Smodcasts. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, like at the time, I think I think you had already told me about Tell Him Steve Dave. So I think I listened to Tell Him Steve Dave. But that was the only thing because this maybe, is back when I was still maybe, in college. Maybe 
Yeah. And actually, I think I still live with my parents. I don't know if still tell them Steve Days still exist existed at that point. Well, they started in 2009. No, you know what? You're right. Because tell them Steve Days started the year I started working for who we work for now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But we get, it would be great to have Rick on and kind of go over this stuff. There, there are a lot of like. He's kind of gone like left libertarian though. Which but that's is, the thing is like, know. I think Rick. I I owe a lot to Rick and whether he will accept that yeah. and, you know, be fine with that. Like he's had a lot of things happen in his life where like I can understand why he chose the path he did. Sure. I don't don't necessarily agree yeah because those things haven't happened to me like you know and right ho- hopefully they never do but like that's mm-hmm. the that sort of thing but like you know we had your mom on and sure. honestly i think that was one of our best episodes okay like she added such a different dynamic to the episode and like just different things that you she, know she was that, very impressed by you by the way Oh, yeah, that she that you, she was like wow I can't believe he like remembered how many of those like low income houses were there <laughs> yeah like that. well so, I mean like I had read the article like yeah, yeah. twenty minutes before coming over right. but but that's the thing is like I'd love to have your wife on like yeah. I'd love to have my wife on but it'd be very difficult sure. given the kid you know yeah, yeah, and yeah. when we record but I'd love to have your wife on because she has a completely different perspective yeah. because of what you know like Rick's yeah. lived a different life than us oh, like yeah, yeah. way different life and the same with Lowry like yep. he's lived a like he's lived a closer life religiously sure. to you than yeah, I have, yeah. but like you know, it would just be a an you know, interesting. You know thing. who else would be really good is uh, Bobby Lawson. That would be interesting to have him on. I literally had not bought, thought of Bobby Lawson in years, but yeah. yes, yeah, I, would, I would love to have Bobby Lawson because he he's actually Rick was the very first anarchist I've ever met, mm-hmm. and then Bobby Lawson, or no, then then uh, Mike kind of like moved into the agris thing the, the konkin stuff like he got really into konkin for a while i don't uh, i don't even know who that is all i remember is like he wrote yeah. the he wrote a book called the new libertarian manifesto mm-hmm. he died in 2005 i think uh i think he's dead i could be mistaken but I, i'm pretty sure he died a couple of years ago but so he got really into the agris thing the because Con- mm-hmm. the one who coined the term agris so and then bobby lawson kind of left the meeting because he started working a lot yeah uh she, she was like you know i gotta i gotta graduate or, or whatever to like being like a serious adult or whatever yeah i but gotta make he, money but then he started like coming to the meetings and he's like I, i'm pretty sure i'm an anarchist too not the way that Lowry is. Yeah. So hey, that'd be a really good guess too. We, we should see if well, we can look these people up. There's a couple of people like there. So what I really would like to do is in the next, I think in February, if yeah. we can, this December, I'd like to get the other Jacob on. Okay. And that's what I said. I talked to you about the other. Sure. I think at this point, because you're not able to, I think we should pay other Jacob to get the uh, website up. Okay. Um, yeah. Just where we can functionally use it. One, okay. cause you know, they do good work, right. but I think also because we just need to get it up. And it, I mean, we're at this episode 11 plus something yeah. recording wise. Right. Um, and we need to get it up. But like, I also think like it'd be worthwhile because there's, there's yeah. a certain point, like there's a certain value and this is, you know, part of our anarchist and our, yeah. our Austrian thing is like, there's a certain point of like value. Yeah. I get a certain value out of cleaning my own house because right. I just like seeing it become clean. Yeah. But in February we're hiring a maid once a month, deep cleaning outside of my wife and nice better yeah because i just i don't have time to do it anymore yeah. and i don't see my work our work situation me getting any less busy yeah until, i see yeah, i see less month. i see less hours at work but i still see being as tired and you know all that stuff so in you know there are 
people who enjoy doing those things. And even if they don't enjoy doing it, they do a good job yeah. and they they do that. Sure. And I think it'll force my my father-in-law to get out of the house with my daughter and yeah. you know do stuff in the community. Right. Cuz somebody will be cleaning and he doesn't want to be in the way. I'll, so, I'll give you I'll give you nice. a uh yeah. I'll give you a recommendation of the maid that I really like that yeah. I used when I moved. Well, there's also a neighbor. Oh, okay. Well, if you have a neighbor, so I, I good, thought yeah. about seeing. Well, one, I'm going to try to approach her to see about cost, sure. what she thought thinks that would be worth. Okay, and then you know, kind of go from there. Okay, but cool. but that's the sort of thing where it's like you and I, we do make a lot of money yeah. doing what we do in life, and you know, I I do obviously make more money than you at this point, not me personally, but because right. of my wife's situation, sure. you know, just having two earners in the household. But there's a certain point where it's like, look, we need to get this going. And from yeah. us, perspectively, it's like we're producing the content. Yeah. I think the content's good. Yeah, yeah there's sometimes we're, we're kind of goofy, but that's just us. Yeah. But that's where we need to move the, the site along and be able to access it and put up reviews sure. and, and do other things. Because one of the things that you and I have been personally talking about is the Star Wars. Sure. I thought about doing this entire episode about Star Wars. Yeah. Because I think what I think we'll do is the last topic of this yeah. is your cultural critique of Star Wars. We'll just leave sure. it to the most recent, the, yeah. the last I mean, Jedi. And we've still got about, I mean, we're, we're one hour, 25 minutes in, but when I edit through, it'll cut a little bit. So we probably got about 10 minutes more. Yeah. And, so, you know, the, I watched the, the last, the last Jedi today yeah. and I'll leave all of my complaints and everything aside <laughs> and I'll talk merely about the reference to Monaco. Okay. Which is the whole casino thing. Because yeah. if you didn't realize, that's Monaco. Yeah, that's what yeah, they're, yeah. they're no, truly yeah, I, referencing. I, I kind of assumed it was. But like that was the best thing that they said is the military industrial complex sure. is shit. Because right. they show that they're selling to the Alliance and selling to the, sure. new, the yeah. new Order. Yeah. But they're they're selling. Yeah. Like they're, that's it. But that, like I think they were trying to make, I think they were trying to do, I thought that they were going to suddenly be like, and that's capitalism, you know, and somehow throw that in. Yeah. But it really felt to me like all they talked about was just the military industrial complex bites both directions. Sure. It gives to the murderers that you hate and it gives yeah. to the murderers that you somehow Loved. want. Yeah. But it's all the same to the person getting blown up. Yeah. So it, it, you're always yeah. getting somebody's getting sure. blown up. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the, the light side or whatever, the the rebels are where and, and this is one thing that, you know. I had this conversation a little bit, and I don't want to spoil it, but it's like... Uh, so, hang on, hang on. If you're listening to this and you have not watched The Last Jedi, right? we are going to spoil everything. Oh, sure. yeah. Luke dies, whatever. <laughs> right. He becomes a, he doesn't become a Force ghost, does become a Force ghost, don't give a shit. Yeah. He's dead. And that was the whole reason I wanted to see the movies. I thought Luke was going to do cool stuff. Yeah, so, okay. And he did. So... Well, I thought he did cool stuff, but he anyways. did. He did interesting things, but yeah. he didn't have like he didn't go and like like the last he time. Like he didn't like that green milk. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the last time, the last time you see Yoda do interesting things, yeah, he's fighting Sidious, sure, and he's fighting him where they're literally throwing shit at each yeah. other, like real Jedi yeah. Sith battle. Right, Luke. The last thing he does is, oh, look at this cool Matrix effect. Okay, so, and then uh, he, so I got a couple a, of things I, yeah. I, I'll say about that. One, don't count Luke out. Two, don't count Snoke out. Uh, so both of those, I have a feeling that, A, I don't think Snoke was actually there. I think that he's not, I think he's actually a Dark Lord Sith ghost, not a actual corporeal being. And I think that his his death was to lure Luke into committing suicide, basically, in order to make way for the dark side to take over again. I, I, I would agree if this was the books. Right. 
There's no way to show that in the movie. There's not yet, but I, I have. There's a couple of things where I say I think it supports it. One is in the first movie, he is very old and decrepit looking in the hologram. He's not moving very quickly. He's he's his voice is like uh, instead of in this one, he's much more spry. He's got he you know he for he force lightnings really quickly. He's moving quickly. He's very energetic. If you look at but, Luke, but, when Luke force projected himself, Luke was younger. He had more energy. He did not look as old and decrepit. So I think that they're so showing let's, parallels let's, in that. Let's just do two things real quick. Yeah. First, Snoke always went and sat back down. Yeah, he, he did. No, so that's sure, the thing. But it's he, a throne. But that's yeah. there's there's that's the thing. He always went and sat back down immediately. No yeah. matter what he was doing, he always went and sat back down. So he's clearly recovering from something. But he also has pits and dis- destruction in his body. Sure. Something, you know, like the, as you said in, in the office when I told you to stop spo- trying to spoil <laughs> right. the movie, something's wrong with him. Right. Whether it's sickness or not, but that's the thing. Yeah. Luke had closed himself off to the Force. Right. And he closes himself off to the Force possibly for 10 years. Yeah. So when he re- reintegrated himself to the Force, there's quite a possibility where like, no, he literally, and that's the thing, is like when you watched him walking around that thing, he was sure. hobbling around the entire time. Yeah. He had starved himself. He he was just not well. Right. The only difference is Mark Hamill, as much as I love Mark Hamill, and like if we could have Mark Hamill on this show, like yeah. I would be <sighs> so great. amazing. Yeah. Um he had star- like he was not willing to starve himself as sure. the implication was that he was not getting enough nutrition. Yeah. That was the implication there to me, is like he just failed. Just, yeah. Like he just let right. he cut himself just, off from yeah. the force. Like a true Jedi, like he was yeah. just like, no, I'm gonna have no influence from the Force, good or bad. And then he used the Force a bunch, and then floated away, or whatever right. you want to call it. Well, I mean, he, he went the way of his his master, his first master, Obi Wan. Like he became part of the Force instead of instead of dying. Yeah. Or, all right, well, and then also the way the Master Yoda died. But uh, my dog Foxy's going crazy. That's great. But uh, but so he's got I, the zoomies, is it? The, Reddit says there, there's a whole lot. There's a lot of stuff that I, I think about the movie. I, now, just the, uh, the caveat for everybody who's listening is I like everything. Yeah. So the, I think the last movie I disliked was A History of Violence, and I rewatched it a couple years later, and I was like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought. It was just I, I didn't like it at the time. I, I yeah. Um, when it came out, I could see you really not liking yeah. it, and I totally yeah, agree. Yeah. Like, there's some really crazy. Parts yeah. Like, like I like the whole the scene on the stairs. Yeah, I didn't yeah, like. So, yeah. Like, yeah there's right. just a lot of stuff that I I just yeah. I was like uh, I, don't, I don't this movie is weird and I don't like it. But so this movie though, like I have I I got into some. Actually, in their Twitter battles with libertarians, I got in Twitter battles with libertarians who are into Star Wars about it. the The cultural takeaway I got from it was, and I wasn't really going to say anything about it in general to anybody, but just because, like, I was like, you know what, I want to enjoy Star Wars, and 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 I know the time that we live in, and the way that it's going to culturally impact movies, mm-hmm. and that is the uh, when you brought up that you that you were disappointed that Finn and and Poe didn't get together or whatever romantically, like like. I would have been fine with that if we were not already on this leftist shove it down your throat path on Star Wars, which now granted, you're not as open to the universe of Star Wars as I am. Like I've read everything in canon right now. So I'm up to date completely in all of the books, all of the comic books and all of the movies. There's uh, the visual guide to Star Wars is the only thing that I haven't read. And that's like a book that came out that I'm not going to get it because it's too expensive. But uh the the what I saw from the movies, and I put this aside because I just want to love Star Wars, is that from the very first movie that it was very clear to me that this would be a girl power movie, which mm-hmm. is is because I I agreed from the first one, yeah, yeah, that this is a this is the the cultural feminism that kind of is coming through, whereas 
all of the men in the movies are dopes. All of the women know what they're doing. And in this most recent one, it's all of the military leaders are women and are wise. And Poe is a retard and is irrational and is so just he, like. But that's the thing is he's Luke from. Sure. Yeah. From the Return of but the Jedi. I think he's, he's he's like a cross between Luke and Han. He's like he he's a rogue kind of, but like at the same time he's he's irrational. But he learned his lesson in this, and like I get it, like but. The, the thing that when when you were like, well, let's make it this is that to me and, and this may not be that didn't make sense. So in the books, there is there's a character that I think makes a lot of sense that he's gay and it and it contributes to the story. And he's a he's a former loyalty officer for the Empire. And he and his story makes a lot of sense. And then his boyfriend comes into the story as a code uh, well as a splicer, which are basically code breakers in the books. And they make a lot and it makes a lot of sense. Anyways, that that whole thing. Whereas I feel like with the whole Poe Finn thing, I feel like it would just be like a look at us, we're progressive. We've got gay characters, and where it's like we just well, it, it see, doesn't make sense. There, there was one look in the previous one that could possibly be considered flirtatious between Finn and Poe, and it wasn't Finn; it was just Poe, yeah, who could just be a Brit, you know, uh, not braggadocious, uh, like a man whore, yeah, like a man whore, like mm, yeah, I like that, I like that. You know, whatever the deal is, that's fine. And then, like, and then my argument or whatever against this is because I'm in, involved in in the comic book world and in the literature world for Star Wars. It's like 50 percent of them are trans, or not necessarily. No, no, trans is not the right word. They're uh, hermaphroditic species uh, or gay humanoid. Doesn't make any sense for 50 percent of the galaxy to be gay. The replacement well, so, population so, has to be more than on, two. Hang on. So, so <laughs> this is there's a problem with what you just said. Yeah. When you originally told me that, it was 50% trans or yeah. gay. Hermaphroditic yeah. makes a lot more sense well, given independent yeah. biological so, evolution. So, okay. You're right. But if you read the books, the the point that the authors are trying to make is, look at us. We're progressive. Because they're always like, I don't understand why some species have male and female and why they just don't transition between the two all the time and it's their internal monologue thoughts and like yeah if you're a hermaphroditic species maybe that'll make sense but in the this is like the episode of star trek the next generation where Riker falls in love with the the female expression of the species that's hermaphroditic remember that one you remember that series <laughs> way better than i do. okay so Riker falls in love with this lady who expresses as female mm-hmm. and then their and then their species is like you have to go through re-education and become hermaphroditic because that's what we are. And uh, she gives a whole speech where she's like, I shouldn't have to. And it's very clear. It's preachy. It's Star Trek. Star yeah. Trek's supposed to be preachy. So it's very preachy. It's like, uh, this is the way I was born and you have no right to change me and blah, blah, blah. And Riker's like, I'm attracted to her. We got a bang. Because, you know, it's Riker. He's like, look at my hairy chest. And like, but so for, for those of you who don't know already, like I'm a huge sci-fi nerd. Well, so... Th- you have become a Star Trek or Star Wars nerd. Yeah. When I met you, it was just Star Trek. You were the Trekkie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so and I love, and I still love Star Trek. So but but Star Wars Star Trek stopped adding. Yeah. And Star Wars started adding. And that was kind of the difference. I actually am a big fan of the new Star Wars Star Trek series. It, it's got I have problems with it, but I think they've done a lot better job than I thought they would. I just can't get access to it. So I don't Yeah, well it. that's the that's the big argument from a lot of the Star Trek fans is that you gotta pay. And well, this uh, thing I don't have, I don't mind paying, but I don't yeah. want anything else the app provides. Right. So, in the point where I'm ready to watch one episode sure. or watch yeah. the entire 
like you know binge like my wife and i do yeah. maybe i'll pay for well, a month of the app and and the same problem i have with the new star trek series is is the problem i have with the most recent star wars movies is they are so freaking preachy yeah and it's and it's like i get it this is the time we live in and i have the ability to set that aside and enjoy what it is but that's and, that's that's where i wonder is like are they really that preachy or were so or maybe like, we're so involved in well no so like this is one of the things that like when you read a book from 1910, right. there's a lot of context and cultural clues that you don't get okay. that are being referenced sure. to certain things that made sense at the time. But unless you're like a literary historian, you don't know. Yeah. So there's, I think there's possibility that the like Re- Return of the Jedi or Star Wars, as it was originally sure. called, less so. No, but no, like A New Hope is the first. A New Hope, yeah, excuse yeah. me. A New Hope, less so. Right. But Empire Strikes Back, sure. There's plenty of parallels that you could be drawing from that. Same with Return of the Jedi. All of these movies have historical mm-hmm. context and clues that we're not necessarily drawing. Right. They may have just been as preachy. Sure. It just may not have been like every five seconds. Like we seem like you know because like people's attention spans are supposedly less you know all these things that people are saying and it seems more preachy but like there are plenty of people that hated those movies because they had these messages sure and things like that like there's a you know anti-vietnam war message in some of the like the message is there it's just we don't have the cultural context clues for them yeah well uh, the big problem that if if i separate just my love for star wars from your love for science for just science fiction i love science fiction and and, here but uh, but it's the the uh, we hate the empire. The republic. So let's make a le- government. Yeah, let's make an let's make the republic that led to the empire. And then and the and this is something actually I like from the new series that is more in the books, not really in the movies. Is that the new republic very very quickly just became corrupt. Yeah, and it's like and so the idea from in the books is that a lot of the the new rebels and stuff like that and and even the first order people are like well it's going to be corrupt anyways like so why wouldn't so the new order or the first so order is makes... just like well let's just take it back over whereas the rebels are kind of like well maybe we need to rethink this and and take more of the approach of the trade alliance and be like independent systems yeah and the, and which would be more to your and my liking i guess is the independent system yeah, they model. wouldn't i mean i don't even think that would be more to our liking yeah. but like well that... it'd be better than the galactic empire yeah or, well, you know, but possibly but, possibly because yeah. i mean like you know hoppa does say and to sure. bring it back to our kind of mainstay like you know hoppa like democracy the god that fails like sure, yeah. and then also like hoppa's point is like monarchy makes more sense sure. and like if you look at the yeah we shall live like, in naboo <laughs> yeah but like you look at the um like the classic um the classic non-canon star wars stuff yeah. was that palpatine knew that whatever that other race was coming and he was trying to build the empire to defeat no no his... no no so that's not the story so that's not the story no from the no no canon? that's okay. that's and that's actually they're bringing it back into canon which is really cool it's not that palpatine knows this mm-hmm. it's that the chiss know this and so the chiss is a is the species of thrawn who is a main character in the books thrawn is this blue alien the Chiss is an empire that lives beyond the Outer Rim, uh-huh. beyond wild space. So the Empire kind of knows a little bit about them, but it's just kind of bits and pieces, mostly legend. And Thrawn comes in, and the Emperor's like, ooh, I'm really interested in this. But then Thrawn makes it clear, he goes, there's this one point when when he's talking with a rebel, and the rebel is the most genius statistician, or uh, st- um, not statistician, um, strategist. 
that Thrawn has ever come into contact with in the human species. And they're talking, and he goes, you're a very good strategist. And the guy goes, he goes, you are too, and I can tell just by your strategy that you are a logical a logical thinker. How could you support the Empire? And Thrawn gives this example. He says, the Empire is evil, and I know it's evil. But imagine that there's something more evil that's chasing you and a friend. How do you escape? And you know that you can't outrun them. How do you escape? And the guy says, well, you join forces and you fight it. And he goes, no, you cut off the, the legs of your friend and leave him and run. That's what's going on. And then he kills him. And because the Chiss ascendancy, his empire that he lives in, is knows that there's something coming. And, and this has become part of canon now. So he knows something bad is coming. And he's like, well, the empire is weaker than us. Let's cut him off at the knees. That bad guy will come and get them. That'll give us more time to escape. And that's the... And that was basically what Thrawn did in the old stuff too, and they've just brought it back into canon. So there's these other guys that we that are in canon now and possibly are going to be part of. So the guy who directed this most recent movie, which not really libertarian related or anything like that, but uh, or or anarchist related or abolitionist related or anything like that. So he got the deal to do the the next three trilogy. Mm. So he, this so the I guess the studio was so pleased with this most recent movie as I was that <laughs> <laughs> that they were like we're gonna give you the next three and J.J. Abrams he'll finish this one he'll be out uh, I guess uh, Opie um, what's his real name from the Andy Grove of the show who's a director now um, Ron Howard Ron Howard Ron Howard he's directing the Han Solo movie which is I think the next one that's my understanding is, like honestly I don't need a Han Solo movie but it's fine. I'll I've enjoy never it. Given a crap about Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I like him, but like I just don't need a movie for him. But uh, there's plenty of comics and books. But, anyways, the the next trilogy is going to be up. This guy. This guy. He said it's going to be related to the books. It has nothing to do with the other ones, the other movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested to know is this the species now in the old canon? Like the the one of the ones that I read in the old canon when Chewie died, he got. Uh, it was when this other species came in to the New Republic and they were like these weird people who were like kind of like dark side sensitive and like they would like mutilate themselves and they would like chop off their nose as like a gift to their god and that would give them more power. Mm-hmm. It was a whole weird thing. But uh, it's been so long since I've read that. I, I, we got that on audiobook and it scared my sisters so we weren't, <laughs> we weren't allowed to listen to it. <laughs> but Yeah. So long story short, you loved it. Yeah. I, I couldn't give a crap. Yeah. And... I won't be going to see the next one in theaters because sure. I'm sure the next movie I see in theaters will be a kid's movie, I hope, because yeah. um, my daughter will be able to enjoy it. Yeah, whatever or, the next Moana is. Which uh, I actually I kind of want to see that movie. I think it looks cool. My wife saw it. <laughs> my wife saw it and really liked it. Okay. So, like, I, I, I was mad she watched it because I, I thought it would be really good. Because I really generally enjoy the Pixar movies, even yeah. though they, they have some a lot of stuff that we wouldn't agree with. Sure. But... We have rambled for quite a while yeah. and well, I'll give ran one, out of wine. I'll give one yeah. uh, movie that is a very libertarian movie, and, and that is Trolls. <laughs> yes, Trolls, an incredibly libertarian movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It is all in the vein of libertarianism. Your own freedom comes from inside of you. Nobody else is going to make you happy. Eating little trolls is not going to make you happy. You have to make yourself happy. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. And that is the message of Trolls. And the Trolls teach the... Borgars or whatever the troll guys in it. They're not, well, they're the trolls, and then there's like monster guys that are bad guys, and they can only gain happiness by eating a troll. And the trolls then teach them that no, you, you can get happiness from eating a troll, but it's temporary. You can only get happiness by finding your own happiness and creating it. So it's a very libertarian movie. You don't, you can't rely on the government or the government feeding you to get happiness. You got to create your own. 
So, there was a whole point to our conversation. <laughs> also, a kids' show that's also very libertarian, uh, Mickey Mouse Playhouse. It's incredibly capitalist. I, I highly recommend it for your children. But I, I on, how that's possible. Let's, let's close the, on the yeah. wine. So, um, Luigi Bosca? Bosca? That's, that's how I'm saying it, yeah. Bosca. Yeah, so... Um, out of Argentina, it's a Malbec um, single vineyard, which is interesting mm-hmm. that they, they denote that. I don't know if the vineyard is specifically owned by the producer, technically. Right. Um, 14%, very, very tannic, um, mm-hmm. but as we discussed, and they describe very silky. I mean, for a $30 bottle of wine, like I yeah. I really would not have been disappointed going mm-hmm. late. We, I paid $30 for this. Like It, it was a really, it's good. really good. Yeah, yeah, and I think this is the first one that we've had that was over 19 Or Well, no, I think we had a $23 one, didn't we? Yeah, I think you had one that yeah. was... Um, a little bit yeah. more. I think it was actually one that I got from Lidl also yeah, for 20% off. Yeah, but for a discount. So, yeah, yeah there was so, a discount in bulk. Yeah, so this is, I think, the most expensive one we have. And I think it's the first one, though, that we paid a little bit more that we kind of went... I kind of get why this is a little bit more. Yeah, no, the Freak Show was more expensive technically, I thought. No, I think there was... Well, no, tech. Freak oh, Show you know was, what? The It was the it was this uh, sidekick. Yeah. It's $24 for the sidekick, but I didn't pay for it. Yeah, and we didn't uh, pay, our boss we paid didn't, for it. We didn't pay yeah. for it, but the, that was weird. Like, there was yeah, some... It was, yeah, I, I was weir- it was unusual that it was that expensive. Yeah, so. at least from our palate. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I mean, I... If you can get a hold of this, um, I really don't think you'll be disappointed. Um, if you like a Malbec now, if you're if you're not into Reds or you're yeah. not willing to try, um, I really don't recommend it. Sure. Um, it is very very much yeah, a, for the price point. The the fruit the fruity notes that are in that are typical to a Red. It is also tannic and very and the um, spices there like the the spice yeah. and that's one of the that's one of the hard things about a um, a, a Red is the the tannic versus the spice like mm-hmm. there's a lot of times where it's like is this peppery and it's a right. spice or is it the tannic notes that i'm catching sure. so but yeah, yeah. but I, I i think it was great check out their website too because it's very it's very interesting and uh while we were sitting here i looked it up and there is an english version so you can go to the english version i wonder if google was paying that or, or it was pulling that instead of and i just misunderstood it that'd be nice but uh there is they've got some cool charts and stuff they also offer a couple of different wines and um uh, oh, actually, one thing that's going to be up on the website uh, once we get it up, and maybe uh, Jacob will get it up, the other Jacob um, will get it up, is I got one of those wine sealers on Amazon. I think I mentioned it last mm-hmm. time, and it, well, it seems to work pretty well. I'm going to try it again on the next yeah. on the other wine that I have and just see, see if it also works on that one. Um, I'll put a link to it, and if you um, if you link to it and buy it through the Amazon link on our website, we will get a small percentage, which will help us. Yeah, commission stay to help drunk. Us. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> but to keep talking to you guys and everything like that. Um, yeah. So one of the things that we we rarely remember to do: tastinganarchy.com. Yeah, that's, that's us. Um, so we'll have reviews. Reviews of wines that we drink that we don't discover discuss on the show because we both have our own series that we're kind of co-developing, right? Um, and we'll obviously cross on those. We'll have other reviews. Um, you know, we'll have things that we liked, just 
like you know yeah. we'll write reviews of movies we've seen books we've read um different things like that mm-hmm. if you really if you're into twitter and you can follow it you know jacob um does our most of our twitter stuff occasionally i'll ask him to post stuff on it for me i don't know if he does or not it's yeah. fine if he doesn't <laughs> um but that's uh, tasting anarchy is us um you know, so follow us on Twitter, like go to the site, because we've got def- definitely different things going on in there, um, you know, different series and things like that, of stuff that we're just up to. Um, we really appreciate any feedback we can get. Um, I think we have tastinganarchy at gmail.com, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to send us notes and things like that. Um, if you ever catch things where we're just logically inconsistent, I mean, it'll happen, but that's, you know, we'd like to know about it. And just other and we, thoughts. Uh, we might address it on the show because it may be that we said something that sounds logically inconsistent and it's just because we've had too much wine. So. Yeah. Half <laughs> a bottle each. You never yeah, know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so as always, we are uh, abolitionists against the state. We we want that freedom. We want that freedom not only for us but for you. And uh, thank you guys for paying attention and letting us talk. Yeah, have a have a good evening or a good night, whatever time you listen. <laughs> good evening, good night. All of it's night for you, but no, um, have a good have a good one. Oh, pass that bottle to me. If you want to get along in Peterstown, buy some wine and pass it around. The age runs up to 49. All them cats, they love sweet wine. Drinking wine's for the Yodi, drink wine. Wine's for the Yodi, drink wine. Wine's for the Yodi, drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Wine, wine, wine. Elderberry. Cherry, cherry. Blackberry. Horton sherry. Oh, pass that bottle to me. Now down on Gilsby at Willie's Den. He wasn't selling but American gin. One soldier wanted a bottle of wine. He hit that cat for a dollar and a dime. I drink a wine for the order, drink wine. Wine for the order, drink wine. Wine for the order, drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Now I got a nickel, have you got a dime? Let's get together and get some wine. Some buys fifth and some buys four. When you get together, you're doing things smart. Drinking wine, for the order, drink wine. Wine, for the order, drink wine.